Get it. All right. Welcome to The Sweat. I'm your host, Josiah Bowling. Joined here today with my co-partner, co-everything, Rob Jenkins. What's up? And we have with us today our special, incredible guest, Aaron Derrick, with our Ignite Boot Camp. Hello, hello. And personal training. And we have also, again, our operations manager, this time in the hot seat of the guest spot, Kelly Conrad. Hello, hello. <laughs> so today we're talking about Ke- when... Ke- Kelly's not caffeinated up enough yet, so <laughs> give her yeah. a few minutes for the Starbucks to kick We in, surprise so. her th- with this one. <laughs> we had our... Uh, Tall, dark, and handsome IFBB pro fall out on us this morning. So. <laughs> Did you say tall? <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're working on it with it's a, a problem that Brent's trying to overcome, so we're okay. trying to encourage him in positive He's light. doing some calf lengthening. Yeah. Calf lengthening, yes. We, we, do we have prefer vertically challenged. Okay, vertically <laughs> challenged, but still tall, dark, and handsome. Um, so today we're talking about women's fitness, and so we had Aaron here today with us and Kelly with us to talk about that. I think... Um, you know, even before we got started, you guys were, hey, women's fitness, that's a very broad subject. And as I've been more involved in fitness in the last couple of years and kind of been paying attention, realizing the same thing, that it's a very broad subject. And uh, we're just going to kind of talk about some of those norms or some of those things. But I guess really when it come to first to Rob and talk about on the women's fitness, what is one thing that you've kind of noticed in here that surprised you? Uh, from a women's fitness perspective, or maybe it's just something different than what you noticed before uh, now as a gym operator and owner uh, compared to, you know, just being a, a guest. Uh, one thing I think is it's a positive thing about women is that women are a lot more apt to try things, classes, different types of workouts, stuff like that. Like guys are so, you know, we get so pigeonholed into our little, you know, go lift heavy stuff. Yeah. You know, not going to do this, not going to do that. And part of it, honestly, is because we're insecure. Like we're scared to try this and fail and look like we're out of shape in front of everybody else. Um, women are a lot more apt to, to go try bar, to go do yoga, to do, do, do a cycling class they've never done before. And um, so that's been really cool. Um, and a lot of them drag their boyfriends or sniffing others into classes with them. So that's yeah. been really cool to see as well. Um, but that's, I think that's, that's, that's one thing that just positively surprised me. But then, um, you know, we still get the, and I'm sure Aaron and, and Kelly will touch on this. There's still a lot of women who feel like if they lift the weight, they're going to get bulky. And yeah. so that's something that we've got to overcome just as a society in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say just here at Hive, we have a lot of women who go to that open gym, dungeon area. They definitely are there lifting the weights and trying more things than just classes or toning techniques. Just so you guys know, you do not tone a muscle. Impossible. But, like, exactly what you were saying, we need to get more people to realize that lifting will not make you bulky. Like, pumpkin spice lattes will make you bulky. So, like, (laughs) you need to realize what's is happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, uh, you, Aaron, are a really good example of that because you're in here – I don't know, every day of the week, maybe just seems like 12 hours a day. In here, uh, one minute you're, you're doing a workout, next minute you're changing, or chasing my kids around, next minute you're doing another workout, and five minutes later you're leading a class. And you're not bulky, right? But you work out a lot. I see you lifting weights and whatnot. So I guess how did you get over that kind of psychology when you get started, or how did you get started in fitness from that perspective that you said, hey, I'm not going to let that, those uh, norms or those myths right, hold me back? I say the biggest thing for me was just realizing that it was the food that was going to do something more than the lift. So you can do really any type of workout you want, but your nutrition is going to matter more than anything. For me, my dad was bringing me into the gym with him at like five, eight years old. I was doing bicep curls with him. So I've been in the gym for a long time, but then it took me going through high school and college and realizing that it was my nutrition that was going to play the biggest role in everything I was doing. 
So how did how did you uh, get control of your nutrition? I guess because that's obviously the yeah. like we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Get Fit Foods. That's mm-hmm. eighty or ninety percent of the struggle, really, mm-hmm. or 90, 80, 90 percent of the outcome, and probably really ninety percent of the struggle as well. Well, to be honest, I lost control for a long time. It sometimes it takes going off the deep end to realize exactly where you need to be going on the whole other end of the spectrum. So it took not eating enough to then eating too much to then eating enough but not quite enough of the right stuff so then your body composition doesn't reflect all the hard work you're doing so it's just finding that balance unfortunately it takes a ton of trial and error but you need to be willing to put in that work otherwise you're never going to find what works and it's going to be different from everybody and that's the biggest issue i see is that people see oh this girl does that this girl does this that's what i need to do and i'll get the same results and that's not the case yeah i I noticed that the other day uh my better half was watching your instagram stories about your food shopping spree and it was you know just kind of she was taking note of hey those are maybe some things i can consider and whatnot too but realizing that all those things that you had were maybe not things that she enjoyed or would like herself and whatnot um, so I guess, uh, is there somebody that you model yourself after or that you follow that, you know, or you just kind of figure this stuff out for yourself? Herself. Herself. Honestly, myself. Yeah. Again, a lot of trial and error for me personally, I'm very much, I'll do it on my own. So I probably could have asked a lot more help and gotten closer to my goal sooner, but honestly, it was just doing like, okay, if I'm having this many carbs and this much fat and this much protein, what's happening? All right, my body responds super well to protein. We're going to make that a main factor of our diet. I've done to where I didn't have enough fat, and if you don't have enough fat, then your hormone levels are getting all wonky. So figured out the right amount of fat for my diet, and then I just supplemented the rest with carbs. So and it, it, it does differ. Sorry to interrupt. It does differ for, for males and females. Um, it it, you know, the dietary needs, I mean, what you need for your hormone balance is a little different. Um, you know, one example is eggs. Like a lot of people will, will are reluctant to eat the yolks of eggs. Um, cholesterol is a precursor for testosterone production. Mm-hmm. And so you need a certain amount of cholesterol in your diet. Um, unhealthy cholesterol is largely hereditary. That doesn't mean you can just go willy-nilly and eat whatever you want, but a lot of that, that is, is hereditary. Um, I mean, I know some guys that have terrible eating habits whose cholesterol numbers are fine. Yeah. And it's more about the ratio um, of HDL to LDL anyway, but I, I digress. I just it was, It's different sometimes from males and females. And so everybody is an experiment. Like, that's what we do over the years. We experiment on ourselves, and we say, okay, my body likes this. My body doesn't like this. And um, it also depends on like, what kind of workouts you're doing. Like, if you're an endurance runner versus, like, a boot camp, those are two entirely separate workouts that need yeah. entirely different food sources in order to fuel you best for that. And Kelly, you're more into like powerlifting type stuff. Like, what's, how would you describe your workouts? Because you you do a lot of the, the heavy basic lifts. Yeah, I do a lot of like squat, bench, deadlift, and then um, that's always makes up the bulk of my workout. Like the first 30, 45 minutes are my compound lift, and then I move on to accessories. Do you have a goal to compete in that, or you just it's just for fun for you? It's just what I like to do the most. That's cool. I love it. it makes me feel strong. How long How long have you been doing that? You know. Um, I was introduced to weightlifting. My sophomore year of college, we had a women in the weight room class taught by um, some students who were going to college with me. And my friend kind of forced me to join um, and take the class with her. And I fell in love with it. And I was off and on for a couple of years. um, But for the past two years or so, I've been like really, really committed to it. Now, you mentioned your friend drug you in, and Rob was talking about that, how, you know, women will often bring friends in. It's a social experiment with them as well. It, was there anybody that you worked out with that got you through those kind of first couple of years or got you to the point where you're serious? Or did, were you like Aaron and just, I got to learn this on my own, do this on my own? And It was, I mean, I went with friends every once in a while, but I preferred going by myself. 
because then if I looked stupid doing something, my friend <laughs> didn't see. And it was just me looking stupid by myself. But, like, there were a lot of days when I would sit there, like, in front of the machine and, like, Google a YouTube video on how to use the machine. Yeah. And just try and figure it out and go from there. Yeah. I think even it's funny you say that about, you know, looking stupid. Obviously, that's uh, a lot of people's fear, right? Especially if you haven't been in the gym maybe for a long time. That I'm going to come in. I'm overweight. I look you know, deconditioned or whatever, I'm going to be the, the fat guy, so to speak, in the, in the corner making the mistake or whatnot. I guess, how do, how do you guys kind of get over that fear? Because, again, I feel like women in the fitness scene, right, is different than men, right, um, for a lot of negative ways, right, in the, in the way that women are sexualized in the fitness and whatnot. And then, you know, on the, the ego aspect, women can't lift as much, even though pound for pound, right, generally women can lift a lot more. So I guess how do you guys get over those kind of, like, social norms of just walking in the gym feeling like the the person's either being looked at whether it's because you're attractive or you're not attractive you know because you're making the right moves or not make right moves are those like real things that you guys think about all the time or they just kind of like you know that they're there and you just don't allow them to take over I think at the beginning that was something that was on my mind all the time because I was you know I'm five feet tall I was like 95 pounds when I started going to the gym I had no idea how to do anything I was just like this little itty-bitty thing in the yeah. corner trying to lift, you know, some five-pound bicep curls. I'm up to <laughs> 10 pounds now. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that was on my mind a lot when I first started, but I think the more I just kind of got used to the discipline of going and the more I saw results, the less that the rest of it mattered. Yeah. For me, I just always had the mindset that I'm probably going to fail or I look like an idiot. And I just always, my first try, I just like have that as it's, a failure that's what it's going to be if it ends up great then that's awesome for me but it's going to be something that's like yeah this might not be the best and I think that also comes from just from like my background I grew up swimming and gymnastics that's very skill-based sport so having to learn the stroke learn the move and everything that goes with it yeah so I, try, I tried to round off one time it didn't didn't end well <laughs> yeah, you dislocate your elbow didn't end. no I didn't but it's it the back handspring <laughs> back no handspring. but I, I, th- I ended up looking like a roly-poly um uncoordinated <laughs> puppy pretty much is what happened there yeah. well one <laughs> thing I really admire about you Aaron is that you post your fails on Instagram like yeah. you put that out there like just to kind of show other people yeah. even you fail even someone who looks like you who can do as amazing things that you can you can fail yeah. you can dislocate your elbow it's it's all a lot of fun and games, but it's also hard work. Like, if you want to make change in your life and your body, it's going to take some hard work. So you got to make it fun wherever you can. If that means you're trying something new, like a uh, 135-pound bench press, eh, you might not push it up, but, like, now you've tried it. I yeah. bet next time you'll probably do a little bit better. Third time's the charm, you got it. So it's just building it up. And if all else fails you got to own yourself and be confident. If I really don't know what I'm doing or I'm concerned about my form, I'll ask somebody. I'll be like, hey, do you mind watching this for a second? Just because I would rather have someone tell me I'm doing it wrong than do it wrong forever. Yeah, And, and that's that's one of the dangers. Um, social media is a great tool. YouTube is a great tool, but it's also dangerous because there's a lot of really educated people out there who are posting things and the intent's right and they – know what they're doing and they've got experience and certifications and blah 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 um, and then there's a lot of people who just think they hey, look good <laughs> and they think that other people ought to be doing what they do and so like how do you when you're when you're trying to decide what you want to do or picking a new movement how, how do you filter through some of that stuff um because there's some creative people and some of it are not creative you can usually tell if it's something that might not be as effective or great for you usually it's like the combo compound 
compound move. So I've seen people do like a combined sumo squat and then they go to a sumo deadlift. Two entirely separate movements, but then they try to combine it into one mm -hmm. large mm -hmm. little exercise. And that's where you can see like things are just aren't firing quite yeah. as correctly. So And the camera's on their butt the whole time. Yes, the camera. Camera on angles matter if they are day. looking on at your butt. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me personally, what helped a lot was actually being here and being surrounded by people who I knew were knowledgeable about everything. Mm -hmm. So if I had a question, I would just like pull Bryson or Brent or Aaron over and I'd be like, hey, this doesn't feel right. I have a question about this. And they would take 30 seconds to show me. Mm -hmm. So kind of surrounding yourself with the type of people who are there to help you and who know what they're doing. I think that, that's something too that a lot of people don't necessarily, because when you're new, especially there's an intimidation factor. Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't want to bother anybody. You feel like this guy's in the middle of his workout. And in some cases that's true. Like don't go pulling somebody's shirt sleeve in the middle of a set. But <laughs> But any gym that I've ever been to, um, if, if you go over and your intent is is to gain knowledge and help, like most people are willing to pull their headphones off and go, yeah, like, I, yeah, absolutely, I'll help you out. Because um, we enjoy that. I mean, it's it feels good to pass kind of pass the torch, so to speak. Um, I don't know of anybody that would be like, no, leave me, leave me alone. <laughs> so, you know, for anybody who's listening who might be new, who might be intimidated about going to a gym and, and, and grabbing somebody and saying, hey, can you show me how to do this right or just watch me here? It, it's not a big deal. People are happy to help. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the things you guys talk about that just comes to my mind is, and from business terms, right, or I guess in life too, is that success breeds more success. And that's something, again, that I've noticed, again, being deconditioned myself, going from 180, 190 up to 250, back down to where I'm at now, 220. And, but initially coming in, being maybe fearful to approach a person like Rob or a person like Aaron or a person like Kelly, uh, going – Geez, I don't, I don't really know, but what I've learned over the last few years, right, is that success breeds success, more success, and what that means to me now is that I want to be around people that look the part, because if they look the part, they've walked the walk, they've talked the talk, they've ate the food, they've made the same sacrifices, you know, and so that's a, a, a big thing for me. What about, Aaron, I know you're a personal trainer here as well, and you have some online programs. Maybe those are kind of two different dynamics, because obviously the online's away and whatnot, and the personal training is here, but I guess just talk to me about the psychology for a typical, everyday, run-of-the-mill female, right, that would walk in and be like, or, or message you through and say, hey, I'm deconditioned or I'm out of shape. I mm -hmm. want to get in shape. You know, what, what is it like for a, a woman kind of coming in that, in, in that setting? Because I understand from a men's psychology kind of where I'm, you know. Yes. Um, so a pretty broad question as well. It really depends on the person. The first thing I'll do with any new female that I'm working with is that I take them to, through some basic movements. I need to see how they're moving, how their body moves together, squat, lunge, rotation, deadlift, without weight, like simple things, because then that tells me a lot already. If they're already breathing heavy, yeah, they might be super out of shape, but now I know that. Maybe their right shoulder is higher than their left. Now I know they have tightness or some sort of discrepancy that we can look at. So first things first, with any client, male or female, it's like, what is your body at at this present moment? And that's where you have to really bring people out of their shells because they don't want to say that, oh, their knee hurts all the time or their hip clicks when they, like, open or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's making them comfortable enough to speak to you about it because if you don't know everything that's going on, you might prescribe something, and then that ends up being the wrong thing because that hurts something else that they didn't tell you about. So if I'm a, uh, a deconditioned person and I'm, and I'm thinking about coming to work out with you or thinking about reaching out to you, I reach out to you and come in, the first thing in this assessment, what, is it, what does an assessment kind of look like or what would you, you know, want to assess with me? Yeah. Um, 
So again, the, your movement patterns, your posture, and then the most important one, like putting you on a treadmill or the Stairmaster and seeing how fast you lose your breath. Like, are you able to maintain it for a little bit? Do you start huffing and puffing immediately? Very basic things. It's almost, I would consider it almost a playtime. It's not a true workout, but then that gives us the basis to create better workouts for you in the future. So then we can see like, okay, box squats would be better before we start with regular squats. Mm -hmm. Some people, they're ready to go. They're like a little bit better. We can go straight to a barbell squat. But that just gives us that leverage to see. Yeah. What do you think the biggest uh, myth is in fitness or what's a big myth that you, for women's fitness specifically? Um, besides that lifting weights make you bulky. Besides with, yeah. You do not need to eat 1,200 calories. You do not need to eat 1,200 calories. That okay. is the calorie intake of a child and a small child who does no activity at that. Yeah. So you need to find somebody. Online calculators aren't the best, but if that's what you have available, use those. Find somebody to calculate the calories you need as a basic human living being. And then if you're working out a ton, you can add a few. If you don't do a lot of movement, maybe just sit there at that calorie intake for a little bit. Yeah. I think the biggest myth is that People think you can spot reduce fat. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. if I go over there and that's do a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. squats, then suddenly my legs will be skinny. It's yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. Or yeah. endless crunches for or abs. Yeah, or exactly. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been doing ab exercises for years, and I still don't have abs. So what is the correct <laughs> thought then when it comes to that? I mean, it well, part of it has to do with genetics is where you hold your fat in your body mm -hmm. um, and then where you lose fat first. Mm -hmm. And... Me, personally, I know I hold fat, like, in my midsection and my arms. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can do squats for days, and I think my arms will end up getting skinnier because that's just where I'm going to lose the fat first because that's where the fat is. Yeah. yeah, so the idea is you have to bring down your overall body fat, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, if you're not lean enough where you want to be lean, then you got to bring down some more, and that's just how it is. So women, uh, on a broad scale, tend to hold it more hips, thighs, you know, rear end, whatever. Um, guys tend to hold it in the love handles. That's kind of genetically where we're predisposed to holding it. So, um, but, you, you know, to to – that point you can do all the crunches in the world and you're not gonna all of a sudden have abs yeah and if you're struggling with that last little bit of fat you're saying that you've been doing this all the right things for so long then it might mean that your body just needs a break take a cheat meal take just a deload week lessen your weights do more reps eat a little bit more and your body will respond really well your body will adapt, so if you don't give it anything new to adapt to, you're just going to be stuck in the same place forever. Let's talk about that and just go back to the food because, again, for anybody that's listening on the on when you're saying don't eat the 1,200-calorie diet, what is going to happen if I eat the 1,200-calorie diet, let's say, consistently? I, I've now decided I'm going to commit to fitness, and my way of doing that is I'm going on a 1,200-calorie diet, and I'm going to be on that for the next three months or two months, whatever I can sustain. What is that doing to my body? First of all, you're going to hate your life. <laughs> you're going to hate your life, and your body's going to adapt that it can only ever have 1,200 calories. So it's going to upgrade, downgrade its internal systems to survive off of 1,200 calories, which means if you ever want to eat more, yeah, you're going to gain weight because you're eating more than your body is used to. So the body the body's designed, first and foremost, to survive and then to reproduce. That's the, any, any, any organism, that's what we're made to do. Um, building muscle is pretty far down on the list. Mm -hmm. So muscle is metabolically very expensive. It takes an excess of calories in order to gain muscle and to maintain it. So if you're depleting yourself, if you're not eating enough calories, if your activity level is higher than what you're taking in to sustain yourself, um, muscle is the last thing your body's got on its mind. So you're actually spinning your wheels for not a whole lot of result there. Yeah, in terms of energy-wise, if you are eating 1,200 calories, your body's going to pull its 
internal reserves from the muscle, not the fat, because it needs to preserve the fat and get rid of the muscle that's taking all of the calories. Because fat, you know, basically fat stored energy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that people don't realize is post-workout, you need carbs. Um, unless you're on a very specific uh, contest diet, there's exceptions where you might want to cut that a little bit. Pre-workout, you but, need carbs. But, yeah, so what happens is if you, you burn through your glycogen, which is your stored muscle, uh, stored, I'm sorry, stored energy in your muscle, um, once you do that, um, if you don't replenish that, your body, again, its priority is energy. So if you get finished working out, you take in no carbs, you eat a bunch of protein, if your body is de de deprived of um, glycogen, it's going to convert some of that protein to glucose in order to refill your glycogen stores. So there's a lot that goes into it. We can get really scientific with it, but it, it, the overall arching theme here is you don't need to like starve yourself in order to look good or to feel good. Yeah, you don't need the fancy diet. You don't need the expensive diet pills, the whatever package someone is selling you on Instagram. You just need to show up and put in the work. Yeah, I, th I was actually having that conversation this morning with my, uh, our insurance agent, and he was saying, I mean, I need to go to a dietitian. I'm like, you don't need to go to a dietitian because you're going to go to a dietitian. I'm not, and don't mean that across the board. In his case, if you go to a dietitian and they put you on a points program that you can't calculate and you can't convert yourself, right, then that's not any help. Now, if you go to a dietitian that's going to help you understand macros of fat, protein, and carbs, that's an entirely different process. But I think most people, or many people, especially females, right, they get on the Jenny Craig systems and all these other point systems, and they go, okay, that's fine. You've, you, you understand what you eat. What if you want to eat this over here? How do you convert that into your diet? And they just, they, they have no clue. So the food and the macros that you guys are talking about are really important. I didn't realize how important they are they were uh earlier you know at the beginning of my refitness you know journey um so i guess talk about that if you're one of these people that have been under eating aaron what could i do to you know get get back up to normal levels is that do i just all of a sudden wake up today and say i'm going to eat 2,000 calories and and go with it or what would you advise there well we don't want to do that if you've been in a calorie deficit for a long time you want to slowly increase 50 100 calories a week every two weeks something slow so that your body can slowly get used to having that more energy and instead of pulling it from your muscle it's like oh well we have this right here we'll use that if you just suddenly start eating 2,000 calories after not eating barely anything at all that most likely is going to be stored as fat just because your body doesn't know what to do with it it's like hello what where did this come from why do we have this makes make sense makes sense now we talked about uh, that uh lifting or, or you know or working out can't target fat loss but w what it can do right is target maybe muscle growth um the words that are thrown around is tone muscle right and lean muscle and things like that so i guess talk about from a uh, again i'm, I'm going to say it every day run of the male or run of the you know typical female right that's probably not in the gym every day right what is her benefit of coming in and working out with weights versus just doing cardio creating that muscle tone if that's what we want to call it your muscles will look better the more weight you can um lift because then you're creating those bumps those edges those curves that naturally look really great what happens is that people will do that and then either they're eating too much or something else is going on to where they're not being able to see that leanness come through those toned muscles show so a good example is abs you can do as many crunches as you want if you don't have a low enough body fat percentage you're not going to see the abs yeah they could be awesome under there everybody's, everybody's got abs they're just covered up right. everybody's got them yeah. you're you're chocolate. Not to mention the endorphins that come just from working out. 
I think just activity and exercise in general is super, super important for that, for better sleep at night, for be feeling better throughout the day, beyond just looking better. As yeah. Elle Woods would say, endorphins make you happy, and happy people don't shoot their husbands. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, need to get, I need to get Jessica into the gym then more often. <laughs> I think they're happy shortly after they shoot their husbands. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, I've yeah, been right. there. But, but all this, I mean, the thing about this, and uh, uh, this is where people sometimes get off the, the train here, it's work. It's work. I mean, it, you don't just magically know how many calories you've had. Right. You got to write that stuff down. You got to journal it. You got to document it. Um, and then when you make changes, you got to you got to write that down. All right. Okay. What's this doing to my body? You know, I had this. Man, I my stomach really didn't like that. I spent two hours in the bathroom after I ate that, or you know, I just I don't feel good. I feel sluggish and bloated or whatever. I mean, all those are real conversations that you have to have with yourself and be real with yourself about how you're feeling. Um, it's easy to say, you know, add 200 calories. But what's that look like? I mean, am I adding? cheese am i adding you know a protein shake which is a, a you know a viable solution for a lot of people um but it, it, either way you've got to have a, a documented you know history of what you're doing otherwise you're just spinning your wheels and you want to keep track on it and try to stick to it for around two to four weeks the longer you can stick to it the better results you're going to see either that it didn't work at all or that it was exactly what you needed and that's going to change per person some people are super low protein intake you want to be around like a pound or a gram of protein per pound of body weight. That's just a good standard to follow. Fat usually wants to be around 30% of your overall calorie intake. So it's just finding those norms that you can try to stick to and then working your way there. And those are things that you discuss with your clients when you come in or you okay? Now let me ask you this one thing you guys brought up and, and I saw this happen the other day. Uh, you guys were talking about uh, hormones, right? And obviously... <laughs> A society is labeled women as more hormonal. I think now uh, at an older age or more enlightened age, uh, I understand that men are just as hormonal <laughs> as women, but didn't really realize that before. And so um, one of these, uh, we had uh, one of our members come in, uh, normally very uh, happy when she walks in, whatever. I've got to know her fairly well. And she uh, come in, she's kind of in a, in, a, in a grumpy mood and whatever. And, hey, what's up? And, you know, uh, she just just that time of the month for, for me. I was like, oh, that sucks. But then it's awesome that you're here, right? And so she's like, yeah, I've, I got to get a workout in because I got to get I got to get over these, like, emotions and these hormones or whatever. So I guess let's just talk about that. Again, hormones, women, what are some myths or some things that I, I wouldn't know or you could tell us about, you know, what is working out going to do for me if I'm in a, you know, hormonal state or how's it going to help my hormones from a, from a female's perspective? Oh, boy. That's a loaded question right That's there. A, these are a I'm lot not, of loaded. I'm not touching Damn. that one. Yeah. These are a lot of loaded questions. I, I will say that testosterone is a hormone. Yeah. So men absolutely have hormones. Yeah. So the, the, the assertion that women are hormonal is a mm -hmm. dumb thing to say. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I could roll my eyes for the, the back of my head. Three main hormones we usually look at, testosterone, estrogen, and then cortisol. Those are like the three ones that kind of have the most effect on everything you're doing. So like for women, the time of the month, your estrogen levels are super high. Yes, we have no clue why we're upset. We realize that. Don't talk to us about it because that makes us more upset. <laughs> okay. Like It's just uh, something that you have to work with and kind of figure out, okay, this happens. Is there a way that I can relieve this stress, a way that I can maybe eat some more meat to raise my testosterone levels up? Just, first, you got to find out what the issue is, and then you can prescribe a result or, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's probably a whole lot more to talk about women's fitness. Um, our time is running out, so I kind of want to, again, go back to Aaron on just, again, if I'm a woman coming in here for the first time, 
uh, I guess maybe some words of encouragement of getting over or getting through those points of fear that, you know, um, you know, maybe other successes that prior clients of yours have had, you know, again, what is, if I come in and I work out with a trainer like you, what is the result that I'm getting in 10 or 12 weeks? Um, your weight might not change depending on what size you are to start, but I promise your body composition will look completely different. I had a client I was getting ready for a wedding and she had her dress already when we started working together. It had to be taken in three times. Um, yeah, and her weight did not change at all. She had shorts from high school that were fitting 20 years later, and it was only because she started lifting weights and her body recomposited itself into a different look. Yeah, so that's that body recomposition, mm-hmm. not just the weight loss. That, and I'm going to make you lift the heavy weights. Like, if your face does not look like you are about to cry, then I'm probably going to try to give you something a little bit heavier just to see if you can do it. We can always go back down, but I want you to know that you can do this as well. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on today to talk about this. We're going to leave you guys with the quote of the week again. Put all excuses aside and remember this, you are capable. Have a great rest of your day.